Hey guys, Eugene from Day One Careers here, and uh, this is our next episode of um, Questions and Answers about all things Amazon Interview. And so, before I dive into the fresh set of questions that our wonderful Discord community has posted, um, let me just remind you that if you guys are interviewing or preparing to interview with Amazon, um, I've pulled together a great set of preparation resources at uh, www.day1.careers. Uh, feel free to check them out um, and good luck with your interviews. So let's get into the questions. Question number one. If you have to repeat a story or an example or a situation, what's the best way to do it? So if you, if you absolutely have to repeat <coughs> a story or a situation, then the only salvageable or um, low risk way of doing it is to frame it um, to illustrate behaviors that fit a different LP. Sometimes it's possible because you would be working on complicated projects where um, you have not just multiple steps to achieve something, but you have um, some sort of interim milestones that you have to go through. And within each milestone, you will have a set of behaviors, right? Some steps that you have to uh, undertake in order to achieve that specific milestone. I think what you can do is you can separate these milestones or these individual work streams within a particular project or a larger situation. And you can use one such milestone or a work stream to illustrate one particular set of behaviors and another one to demonstrate another one. I can think of a couple of projects that um, happened in my career where, for example, <clears throat> I could probably use one set or one, one sort of milestone or work stream to talk about dive deep and another one to talk about invent and simplify in one set of behaviors or situation i was in the analysis mode uh, grinding through data speaking with people trying to figure out what happened and then in the other one i'm actually in more of an invention mode using all the insights that i've uncovered using all that data i've dug up so um, while not an ideal way um, I would say that it is salvageable if you can pull uh, those individual um, sub-stories or work streams or milestones within a bigger project. If you can pull them apart uh, as, as, as far as possible and frame the responses and, and the focus and focus the on, on the behaviors that, um, that demonstrate a different LP. So I hope that was helpful. Let's move to <clears throat> the next question. Um, how do you formulate a star answer for a fresh graduate? What kind of stories can you use and how much can you make up? That's a good question and I hear it. Uh, I hear this question often from graduates and folks with limited um, work experience, perhaps starting their careers. So I will start, I will, I will answer this question from the very end. How much can you make up? I'm going to go ahead and say none. 
There are a few reasons for it. First, it is completely ethically irresponsible. It's irresponsible to um, Amazon, to the employer. Uh, it's irresponsible to um, everyone else who is interviewing because um, effectively you're, you're cheating, cheating is lying. And in my household with my three children, um, at the moment, the gravest offense of all that leads to losing all the privileges um, is lying or cheating, which to us is exactly the same. Um, it's also uh, incredibly easy to spot because remember, you will be interviewed by folks who interview quite a lot. Everyone at Amazon interviews quite a lot at some point in time. And um, made up stories are incredibly easy to spot. Um, so trust me, you don't want to risk uh, being caught lying in an interview and then um, you know, not, getting, uh, not getting an offer, getting a recycle. But then as a result of that recycle, not being able to interview with Amazon at all. I mean, if you're caught lying, um, then it's game over, folks. Game over forever. So I would say um, just, just don't do it. If you don't think you have what it takes, if you honestly don't think you have enough in your career, just wait. Amazon's not going anywhere. Um, I guarantee you it's not going anywhere. Uh, these folks are going to be around for a while, um, knowing the kind of talent that they do attract and the plans that they have. Um, you know, and you don't have to work at Amazon to actually know or to, to, to have a really good hunch that these folks probably are working on some really cool stuff all the time. So they're going to be here forever. There will always be going to be um, stuff to do there. Um, they may, who knows, you know, maybe in a few years um, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll invent a flying car. <laughs> um, just kidding. I have no idea, actually. Um, so yeah, um, make, make, like, make sure you don't jeopardize these, uh, you know, your chances by um, making stuff happen. If you don't think that you, know, you have what it takes, then, um, you know, then just wait and generate the work experience that you can talk to. <clears throat> and by the way, I, I did this. I did this once in my career. That's exactly what I did. Um, I, um, I was um, a fresh grad out of university. <laughs> And I knew that I wanted to work in marketing because that's what I was studying. And I knew that I wanted to get to uh, the best consumer marketing powerhouses at the time, which were uh, the famous FMCG uh, companies like Procter & Gamble, Unilever, uh, Mars, L'Oreal, those sorts of companies. Um, but I knew that uh, I probably didn't have enough um, experience after leaving the university um, to, you know, to be able to talk about it in an interview. So the plan that I put for myself is to get a job, right? Like any job that would give me as much uh, opportunity to talk about uh, projects that I can then um, uh, sell on to the likes of P&G or Unilever as possible. Um, so that, yes, I will, you know, I'll burn through sort of a year, year and a half maybe two years of my initial career experience to, to kind of get that um, initial push and then I'll be able to, to sell it. Now at the time, um, neither P&G nor Unilever actually had a grad program um, where I was interviewing. So I did need that sort of initial 
kind of post-university experience and, and, I, and, and I really did need to get a proper job. Uh, and I mean proper job, uh, not, 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 to, not to say the grad jobs are not proper, but the ones that don't have a grad program, right? Where I would be competing out in the open. Um, and, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, I got myself a marketing job. Um, in a uh, in a telecom company and in a B two B telecom company actually, um, which I don't even call out on my CV anymore because it's you know it's it's not, it's really like irrelevant, um, and that's you know that's the experience that allowed me to sell it on to you know to P and G. So I did wait, um, and so that's that's exactly what I recommend if you don't think what it uh, you know the, what it takes. That being said. Um, if you um, if you are being interviewed for a job level that is appropriate for a fresh grad, then um, <clears throat> uh, the the kinds of um, uh, situations that you can use are they have to be all about your extracurricular activities, your project work, um, your grades. Um, unfortunately, um, they're not gonna. Um, it's not something that you should be mentioning in an interview. Um, do mention them in the CV if they're good, if, if it kind of plays to your fa favor and if it beefs up your profile. But um, in, a, in an interview, in a behavioral interview, your grades, um, uh, you know, it, it's not a great source material. Um, the reason why is because um, your grades are the evaluation of uh, predominantly your solo work. Um, which is the same as your classwork, right? You, you know, you get a task, you need to learn something, you need to analyze something, um, and you almost never work cross-functionally. And um, your achievement is entirely, um, basically, it, it, it benefits just you. So that is why I, I think that it is, you know, it's always, it's always challenging to kind of, uh, you know, talk about, solo work in these situations. The only thing, the only LP um, that I could think of where solo work or those types of experiences may be useful is <clears throat> learn and be curious when you needed to completely um, step out of your comfort zone to learn something absolutely new in order to um, complete some sort of assignment. But even then, um, if you have extracurricular activities where you were doing projects with um, outside your classroom, I don't know, your clubs, your societies, um, part-time work, student work, anything that you've done on top of university, um, my, I mean, anything that you did on top of your classwork, then, you know, these are the types of examples that you need to be um, sharing. Um, what do you do if you don't have these examples? Based on my experience interviewing recent grads, um, I'm going to give you the harsh reality of life. If you don't have those examples, there will be other people who will have them. Because um, I have to, again, again, this is, you know, this is a bit of a reality calling, but um, when you get out of university, um, the only thing that sets you apart from the rest of the cohort that graduates the same year is the stuff that you did on top of your grades, on top of your classwork. Um, if you happen to be listening to this uh, a few years before you graduate and you haven't done any extracurricular activities, you haven't shown interest or passion 
in anything other than your classwork, it's not too late. Get yourself into something, um, run activities, run classwork, do anything. I can give you an example from my own um, days at university ages ago. Um, I was part of a, an entrepreneurship club where we were, um, I, I, was, I was the marketing lead um, and we were setting up businesses on campus and I was pulling together marketing campaigns for, for those businesses. Um, I organized a club on campus to teach um, students foreign languages. So I was a foreign student and I uh, organized other foreign students together with myself to um, offer um, free foreign language tuition to, to others. Um, it was clunky and it was terrible in, in, in many respects, but it gave me and the rest of the crew a valuable experience on in um, you know what it actually means to deliver a great um, customer service um, and uh, I also had a student job um, where I was fixing computers on campus and uh, helping professors and other students to overcome network issues and that sort of stuff um, and a whole bunch of other things I've done you know many 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 things on on, on top of um, the classwork and that's that's something that um, I would encourage all fresh grads to do. Um, I mean, not fresh grads, it's a bit too late if you graduated, but um, you know, if you're still at university, get yourself in as, ma as many um, extracurricular activities and projects as you can. If you're a fresh grad, these are the ones that you need to be talking about. Um, and if you haven't got them, then uh, I would recommend that you go along the way of um, getting some work experience um, elsewhere and then coming back to Amazon later to, um, to talk to that, uh, about that work experience to them. Next question. Is it okay to tell that you don't know something or don't have a situation for a question? Um, there is no great way to answer that. Um, because there, Amazon does really expect that you would have some sort of situation to, you know, to answer a particular question. But I would say um, if you absolutely don't think that you can um, find a professional situation in your career that you can frame um, to answer that particular question and do it well, then I would say just say, look, um, it doesn't look like, um, you know, I've had a situation that matches this question a hundred percent precisely um, I've had a similar uh, situation where I did da 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 um, which I can share um, and let me know if you think that's you know that that broadly matches but it, you know if it, it would be great if um, uh, you know if you had a different question um, for the same area, then maybe I can try and answer that one. So you kind of want what, what you want to do is, again, if you if you feel like you just absolutely do not have anything that qualifies, um, what you can do is um, is is try to get the interviewer to pull out a question from the same question interview set for the same LP, because uh, at the end of the day. An interviewer is assigned an LP. Uh, they'll need to test that LP, and um, 
they, uh, you know, if I, if I was in an interview scenario and someone told me um, I don't have an answer to that question, <clears throat> I would definitely record it that, you know, there was this situation that you didn't um, have an answer to that question, but um, I would probably just pull out a different question from the same, uh, from the same set for, for the same LP and, and see if we, if we have traction with that. Um, the times when I've done it, and there haven't been that many times, um, usually the candidate wouldn't be able to properly answer even a different question from the same LP set, um, because um, if you have a strength on a particular LP, you tend to be able to answer um, multiple questions and permutations. But again, you know, if <clears throat> if in your if in your particular case, you you just literally don't have uh, an example that fits that particular question. Try and get the interviewer to ask you a different question from the same set of questions on the LP, and 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 see what happens. Um, last question for this session is: um, What happens in an Amazon debrief? Um, so a typical debrief is is a discussion uh, about what what's the kind of the outcome of of the interview process between everyone who interviewed a candidate. Um, so what is discussed? Um, the uh, well, the only thing that is discussed is um, your performance in the loop. Um, I have very rarely seen anyone referring to the outcomes of phone screens. Um, not 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 to say that it, you know that that it can't happen if it's relevant to the discussion, but um, it's usually just the um, uh, your performance in the you know your five back to back interviews. Um, First, everyone will read everyone's feedback, which is very typical to Amazon. If there's any piece of information that you need to consume before you discuss, typically there is like a, <clears throat> a study room type, uh, you know, 10 minute session for everyone to go, you know, to go through everyone else's feedback. Typically, not typically, I would say uh, as a rule, um, no one talks about uh, how candidates perform before that debrief, this, this is to ensure um, a certain level of objectivity and lack of bias uh, during the interview process. And so this is the first time when everyone reads the feedback and, and you know, everyone else's feedback and tries to kind of understand how the candidate did. And then, um, you know, uh, so the bar raiser will lead the discussion. And depending on how folks voted, uh, kind of what that sort of vote distribution looks like, um, the bar raiser will either very quickly conclude the discussion, for example, if everyone's inclined or everyone's disinclined, um, or, um, or, or try to start interviewing um, the panelists about why they're inclined or why they're disinclined. Um, interesting situations happen when, for example, um, the hiring manager is inclined, but the bar raiser is not inclined, uh, or, for example, when the hiring manager and the bar raiser are inclined, but everyone else is not inclined. And so then, um, you know, you're, the, 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 what happens in the debrief is basically um, uh, the bar raiser is trying to see if folks who interviewed you had any mitigating evidence to offer to folks who voted to bring a candidate along or if um, someone who um, is voting to hire if, if that someone has heard anything in the, you know, in the feedback from other folks that would change the vote. So 
all, all of this is, is effectively examining the body of evidence that was unearthed during this interview process, um, trying to pressure test it with everyone, trying to make sure that folks are voting in a way that's uh, unbiased, and um, yeah, um, kind of uh, trying to make sure that the decision is being made on um, as an objective base as possible. That's that's basically what's happening. Um, now, as uh, you might have guessed from the conversations that uh, we are having in the Discord, is that sometimes um, there might be an inclined vote, but no offer. That's possible for various different reasons, and that is an, um, a still a decent outcome because you can convert that inclined vote into a. Uh, a short loop or just a, a, a one uh, hiring manager conversation um, type of hiring decision for a different role um, but it does happen um, for various different reasons so and that's it well that's that kind of wraps up our question answer session here and um, if you guys um, think that this was useful please do um, share this episode whether on YouTube or on the podcast with anyone who you think might find it helpful and please do subscribe to the podcast or, you, or the YouTube channel um, to know when I'm going to be posting new content. Uh, and again, if you're interested in um, some of the uh, top of the line signature preparation resources that are pulled together for Amazon interview prep, um, feel free to visit uh, www.day1.careers. Take care and good luck with your interviews.